You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil Hello and welcome to our episode this week. I'm Caitlin, and I want to try out a new intro style since I've hated all of our previous ones, and they make me cringe when I'm reco- when I'm editing. And this week, I'm drinking some red wine. It's a blend. I don't know. It's local, and it was apparently aged. In a whiskey barrel. I don't know. That's, that's very hip now. It's, um, yeah. Hi, I'm Rachel. Aragorn is my forever bay, and I'm drinking Sauvignon Blanc. Ooh, good choice. And I'm Emmy, and I am drinking a very, very large Moscow Mule. Ooh, also a good choice. It's never a bad choice. All right, so as discussed last week, we are discussing the Fellowship of the Ring movie this week. Uh, directed by Peter Jackson, screenplay by Peter Jackson and Philip Boyens and Fran Walsh. Beautiful, wonderful, amazing, fantastic cinematography by Andrew Lesney, and music by the legend Howard Fucking Shore. Who put in this yeah. note? I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, "That's not me." I I was like, Caitlin had all of these down. And I was like, "Should I just read off the rest of the names on the Blu-ray right now?" No. These, there are a lot these, of them, these but... are my pe- these are the people who matter. Um also watching this movie made me once again angry at how much they just like pieced out on the score in the Hobbit movies. Like they just paid Howard Shore for one movie and then died. <laughs> Can we just let's not talk about it. The Hobbit movies don't exist anymore. We've already talked about them. See our previous Hobbit movie episodes, which we weren't drunk for. Well, which brings <laughs> which me... I think we were unofficially drunk for. I, yeah, probably. So, anyways, as we ended up recording this on a Saturday night, we decided to combine it with our traditional post-book drunk episode, which makes it oh, very... Also, yeah. someone on Twitter told us to do that, which, thank you for helping decide our fates. Yes. Also, our schedule sort of decided. <laughs> but anyways, it makes it very confusing for me on how to number this episode, because our movie episodes... I number like a regular episode and our drunk episodes I number as their own particular thing. So this would be drunk episode three, but regular episode 50, whatever the fuck we're on. Clearly you have to make it episode 52 and a half. That's going to confuse me when I put in the track (laughs) numbers because I list because in the 83 (laughs) tags, I list the track numbers all sequential. I don't even know what's going to happen. We're going to break you. It's going to be bad. Now, before we get into it, 
we have to mention that we are recording this the Saturday before the Game of Thrones series finale airs. Do we have anything to get off our chests before we move on Game of Thrones wise? Just let everyone fucking die. I really enjoyed Drogon burning everything. Drogon unleashed. Oh my god, I that will fucking just never engine be over Jamie. Oh, okay, no, it was so everything. lame. Okay, it was so, so bad. Lame. But wait, Jamie sucked, but Cersei died exactly how I wanted her to, ignored by everyone and not important. That's fair. Well, I just feel like the actress deserved better. The actress also, deserved- there was all this buildup and they like regressed her all the way back to see. I mean, everybody's regressed to season one, which I think is going to lend to the broader theme of maybe Daenerys Targaryen will sit on the Iron Throne and the show will just end there. And it'll be like she was going to break the wheel, but it turns out she's exactly like her father. And now we're back where we started. That's still too smart for them. Yeah. Um, the actress did deserve to have more scenes, but I'm glad that that's how she that's exactly how I wanted Cersei to die. But I do wish yeah, she'd had so something. Before Cersei that. literally never did anything but dramatically look out the balcony. I mean, what a queen. Lena Headley, not I Cersei. I fucking hate Cersei, mm-hmm. but Lena Hedy? Headley? Hedy? Uh, I don't know. I think know. it's Headley. There's no L. There is no L? There's no L. Okay. Well, my Lena entire Hedy? life is a lie. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't before, watch the lesbian rom com she's in. It's great. Oh, that's a good thought. Should I put a spoiler warning on this episode? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No one can avoid it. Anyways, I also I listened to the um, uh, A Storm of Spoilers podcast, and they've made me root for Robin a Aaron Storm on the throne. Spoilers. <laughs> so I'm what a great for, name. I'm all for um, Robin Aaron, King of Westeros. There we go. <laughs> Honestly, though, at this point, I'm like, if it's anyone predictable, I'm just going to be like, all right, fine, we're here. So, like, just put someone random on the throne or whatever. I don't, I don't care anymore. Just let, let me be free of this. Well, so now I'm newly aggravated because I heard through the grapevine. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> so now I'm newly calling? aggravated because I heard through the grapevine. Uh, my dog just came in. It's the best. I heard through the grapevine that HBO offered them more money to shoot a full 10 episode season. And they said no because oh, they yeah. want it to be done. Yeah, no, and it's I'm not, just like it's uh, not HBO that's done this. Just it's Weiss and Benny of wanting to be done with it, but also not wanting to hand off the show to like. Why not just give it to Cogman and Shapochnik? I'm sure they would have done a fucking glorious job. Now we're giving them Star Wars movies, but it's gonna be great because I'm gonna murder them. Okay, let's move on while we still can. Um, All right, <laughs> this is going we are up. Not a Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> this is going up. Um, after the finale era, so this will be interesting to hear then, I guess. <laughs> or will it? Maybe it won't be. You can be. either cut it or not, as needed. Mm, I'll probably leave it. Oh my god, oh. all three of my dogs are in my room. I swear I've only seen pictures of two dogs. I didn't know you had three. It's it's the secret one. We have a secret dog? Alright, let's do this. So, if you remember your first thoughts and feelings reactions upon first seeing this movie, share them now. Fellowship of the Ring, not Game of Thrones. Sorry, we've moved on to our actual subject. <laughs> I honestly can't remember watching Fellowship of the Ring in theaters. I can't even remember the first time I've watched Fellowship of the Ring, probably because I've seen it easily more than hundreds of times. Are, is it, is easily it, more than a hundred of times. Is Whoa, he that put, the, <laughs> that put the note here about making me feel old? 
Or was that Rachel? That's me. Okay. So, I, I mean, it's mostly that I was the, (laughs) I was slightly an infant, but more, I was the older child. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my parents didn't quite know yet what was like, gonna be okay for me. And so I had to read the books first Mm -hmm. (laughs) before I could see the movies. Um, And so I read the books. And then by the time uh, Return of the King came out, I was able to see them in theaters. Uh, And I'd seen the other movies before then. But I'm still bitter about it because my brother also got to see all of them. And he's four years younger than me. See, He didn't have to do any of the work. And it was fine. Older siblings have to go through, like, Vietnam before they're allowed to do things. And the younger siblings don't appreciate our sacrifices. Yeah. So I do remember seeing Return of the King in theaters. Me too, because it didn't end. I mean, I loved it. And I still remember it because it's, like, the it's really the first movie where I ate an entire popcorn and drank an entire (laughs) drink all by myself. And I didn't have to pee. Through the entire three and a half hours. <laughs> so, and that's my rating for movie quality. So, my first, my like first memory of like sitting in that theater and the screen's black and Gladriel starts talking, you know, is, is kind of similarly stupid <laughs> because there's a quote that she says that reminded me so much of a quote from another big fantasy series that I was like, why the fuck would they do that? That's like, it's not quite plagiarizing it but i'm like everybody who's read these books has read these other books and people are gonna uh think of it but then i looked it up and i'm like it's not even actually that similar but anyways it's from the wheel of time series and it's something like and by something like i mean i'm reading the actual fucking quote here so it's exactly like um (laughs) leaving memories that become legend legend fades to myth and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again or whatever okay now what does galadriel say galadriel says something like legend becomes myth no shit something history (laughs) or whatever became legend legend became myth and and things passed out of all should not have been became forgotten whatever yeah Yeah. (laughs) we're very good at this wow (laughs) if i'd had less wine i could do this (laughs) Um, that does. This is now making in. me think of the opening of Merlin, where they're like, in the land of myth and a time <laughs> of legend. Yes, <laughs> I think this this is exactly right. Though with the big thing, I thought as soon as she started talking at the beginning of the movie, because um, I watched the movies a lot, but it's been a long time since I've really just like sat and watched. I'm sorry if you feel comfortable um, saying, how old were you in 2001? I ten. When in 2000? When the movie came out. De- so December, what December. I mean, I I would have been oh, nine, 10. and Emmy would have been ten. Okay, I, we're like in the same grade, but different. Right? Yeah, I years. I understand. I have a late birthday too. Uh, I would have been sixteen. Mm-hmm. Fuck you all. Um, <laughs> so um, I anyway. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, no. Fellowship was and remains the movie that I've seen the most amount of times in theaters. I saw it seven times. That's a time commitment. Well, I approve. Y- we were teenagers, and we had nothing else, nothing else better to do. To do. <laughs> you I could mean, live off of popcorn and Coke. Exactly. Yeah. The cola. And it was it come out came out just you know before Christmas break. So what the fuck else were mm-hmm. we gonna do with our time? Yeah. For a long time, that was 
The Dark Knight for me, and then Avengers came out, and I watched that a million times in theaters. That was a good movie for the early. I can't think of what the name of this decade is. (laughs) The aughts. Except we're like the we're like the teens. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking about you. Sorry, I was thinking about me. The aughts. You guys, the the teens, the tens, the the twenty tens. Um. Anyway, so many of these lines. Um, having now had to read them mm-hmm. aloud for this podcast, like only Kate Blanchett and Ian McKellen could make these sound good and serious and amazing and not just cheesy as hell. I think that's true. I mean, that whole opening, if it were me saying it, even trying my best, it would be cheesy as hell. What do we think of the opening in general? We're not professional actors. <laughs> the the prologue, not it's not in the book. That's like stuff you get just sort of by reading and hearing the songs and histories and stuff. And if you want to read the appendices. I think the prologue was the only way they could make it accessible to a Hollywood audience. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job of getting you there. Because it wasn't too over the top with, here's what happened. And, and it's, it's told as a story. Instead of yeah. being like, we're going to show you what happened and then jump ahead. Yeah, and it very much focused on the story of the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't get waylaid by other things. Like, I know, um, so just to for context here, I watched the theatrical version for, mm-hmm. just to mix it up, because I haven't seen the theatrical version since the extended edition came out on DVD in, you know, 2002. <laughs> Jesus. Because it's <laughs> terrible. So I watched it just for the differences, and the prologue is shorter in the theatrical edition mm-hmm. and it's very clear yeah, a lot of the Asilder stuff yeah it's it's very clear how they they shortened it just to follow the ring which i think is interesting because i didn't miss any of the extra stuff like um i think in the extra stuff there's more Isildur fighting orcs but like you get all that you see some arrows then he's dead in the river done mm-hmm. and then i think they cut out like you see a brief glimpse of Gilgalad in the battle they cut that out i think I don't remember it being there, mm-hmm. which again, it just to like tighten it up. And it's it it's interesting because for the rest of the movie, they did the same thing with Frodo. Like in the theatrical version, it's very much they made the choice just to stay with Frodo and not. And so most of the things they cut out were like excess stuff. And I thought that that was interesting just because in the prologue, they stayed with the ring. And then in the rest of the movie, they made that that narrative choice to stay with Frodo. I just wanted to bring that up. That'll be my last intelligent thought. Mm-hmm. that's all right my very exciting intelligent thought while watching the prologue was that um they show like the forging of the rings and the the secret (laughs) and you see sauron back forging the master ring after working with the elves and tricking them into thinking you know he was a good guy and they show him in the mask and i've never thought this before but now after reading all of this and putting it together he should have been hot If they were going to make him hot in the show, he should have been hot then. He was hot, Sauron, at that time. I mean, sure, he could wear his evil mask, but why would he? He put all that work into making the hot-ass body. Like, he should have been pretty. So what a lot of people probably forget, because these movies are thought of so well by the fans now, is that fans were very angry about some things when these movies were being Mm -hmm. made. Including the fact that they actually did originally plan to have Aragorn fight Sauron in Return of the King. And they were going to show him as hot Sauron. I forget 
what he called himself when he was Hot Sauron. <laughs> and there's a name. Oh, that's going to piss me off. But he, he like appeared as Hot Sauron before transforming into, you know, in the Return of the King battle where mm-hmm. Aragorn's fighting that big ass troll thing. That was supposed yeah. to be Sauron. But but Sauron Why? lost his ability to acquire a fair form. Well, because at first they thought they had to have their big hero fight their big villain, right? And yeah, fans are pissed about it and they changed it. Fans are pissed about a lot of shit and they changed it. Like, I mean, Arwen was in the Battle I, of Helm's Deep. I was going to say, I'm okay with it, except for that when it's because cool. of sexism. Yeah. Anyways. Like, a dramatic fight against Sauron, bad. Mm. Making it so that we can't have any ladies whatsoever in it. Yeah. Anyway, so my actual thought about this, this is they didn't do Hot Sauron, so it just plain old would not confuse viewers who had no idea what was going on. I know. It would have been confusing, but also he should have been hot. <laughs> what was his fucking name? we choose to care about. So what was everybody's favorite performance? Anatar. Really? That doesn't yeah. seem right. <laughs> Sauron put on a fair visage in the Second Age and calling himself Anatar. Actually, that does sound right now that you say it again. The Lord of the Gifts. Oh, okay. I'm totally here now. I was thinking, you were like, who is your favorite character or your favorite performance? And Rachel went, Anatar. And I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, you just made me like snort into my glass of wine and blow what? it my face. What are you talking about? See, I mean, I just always assume that Rachel's ignoring me, so I never think, so it's fine. I mean, fair, fair. But- you say that's gonna bug me, and I go to look it up because I'm a fucking librarian. <laughs> okay, I have my degree now, bitch. Who is your favorite? <laughs> oh, actually, I haven't spoken to you since then. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, best performance in the movie. Keep in mind, one of them was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> no pressure. Okay, did anyone else immediately just go? Wait, which one? <laughs> I thought I'm I thought so you lost. wouldn't know. He didn't win, but he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. It had actor. to have been Ian McKellen, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay. Um, so, no, as I was watching, I actually had this kind of thought where um, John Rhys-Davies does not get enough appreciation mm-hmm. for his job as Gimli. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He does really well, especially because it's such a weirdly fine line he has to play between comic relief and heartfelt dwarf. And there's a lot of weird emotions that could have felt really cheesy, and he did real well Mm -hmm. also can i just say that it still blows my mind he was like one of the tallest people on set yeah like just still blows my mind every time i see the behind the scenes footage but um okay i'm having trouble coming up with who the best performance was but i have to think that the worst performance was legolas which was not orlando (laughs) bloom's fault i adored him as a teenager like straight up trash but really as an adult when i watch it i'm like they didn't they didn't give you anything to work with here well, so it was his very first movie, I'm pretty sure. So, But I love it so. <laughs> I do Legolas too. Legolas Face is like the greatest thing to ever live on on the internet. You just watch him in the background of scenes. It's like, You know, he looks really good when he's face? just shooting his bow. <laughs> yep. yeah. You know, that's all they needed from him in this one, really. Um, my favorite performance actually is... Oh my god, I forget his fucking name. Aragorn. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen. I mean, he's just so hot. Well, it's not... (laughs) Okay, that's fair. But also, he just embodied the character Mm -hmm. so well. And and for someone who hadn't read the books, you know, honestly, I don't know if he did... I can't imagine that he did before he started because he was cast late. So he was like, Mm -hmm. you got to say yes or no and be in New Zealand like next week. 
So for someone who hadn't read the book, they struck gold. Yeah, yeah. and didn't they one of the diamonds? best kiss What's worth more than ever. gold? Mithril. They struck Mithril. They struck yeah. Mithril. So, they stuck a, struck a Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> that that actually probably would have been bad. Um, <laughs> then everyone dies on set. <laughs> but for someone who didn't know the character as well as some book readers, you know, as book readers would have, he just embodied him and like sunk himself into that role. And as much as he may or may not be- He adopted the horse. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot about that. He, as much as he may or may not be a good person, I don't know, whatever, he, he really did that role. So that's my best performance. I just, oh God, I love like Ranger Strider Aragorn so much. He's just so dirty and grungy and wonderful. Although, oh my God, it's hard not to say Ian McKellen. Because fuck, he just was Gandalf in this one. Right. Like so much more than he's going to be Gandalf forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and especially at that time, like the Harry Potter movies were coming out and everything was happening with then um, Richard Harris dying and it was so heartbreaking. Not right now. No, this was before, this came out before Chamber of Secrets. Well, it came out beforehand, but... I mean, the Sorcerer's Stone came out. Sorcerer's and, Stone came out in November, and then this came out one like a month later in mm-hmm. December. It's but you just best I mean, fucking so two many months people, of my life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but so many people compare, you know, Gandalf versus Dumbledore. Yeah, and everything that I mean, and I loved Richard Harris. He was so good and so good in Gladiator too. But then, you know, they had the change in in Dumbledore's, and I cried. At the same time, we and had they Ian made McKellen a terrible choice. Thing. But and he's a good actor. They just they just did weird things. He just wasn't Dumbledore. Whatever. This isn't a Harry Potter podcast either. <laughs> Ian McKellen, so good. I think we forget to think about how good he is because he just did it so well mm-hmm. that you just feel like, yeah, he's Gandalf. That's it. You don't recognize how amazing it is for him to be Gandalf. But like even more, like in this film in particular, more than way more than the Hobbit films. Mm-hmm. Maybe oh. even more than when he's he's Gandalf the White. He just he just embodied the the grumpiness. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was because they didn't they didn't write much of Gandalf's grumpiness in the in the next two after he comes back from the dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe he's less grumpy <laughs> as Gandalf the White. To see him in Hobbiton is is so yeah. good. It's so good. All right. Also, best best one of the best lines in this movie. Um, not really the best lines, but like, like your love of the Hobbit's leaf has has addled your brain. Oh yeah, Christopher Lee, man, he did a good job <sighs> too. And I can only imagine, like, as somebody who was such a big fan of the books, mm-hmm. and as somebody who who met J.R.R. Tolkien and and had J.R.R. Tolkien specific permission to play Gandalf to then get cast as the villain as he has his entire career, mm-hmm. must have been oh, like partly a dream hard. come true to be in these movies, but also like. A bit of a disappointment and he still just put everything into the role that he could and did a really fabulous job with it and i don't know that i would i could personally do that you know mm-hmm. so that was fabulous and I'm, I'm glad he lived to be in these movies and, and to reprise the role in, in the hobbit i'm glad he, he got yeah. that opportunity because i know it was something he really wanted mm-hmm. now i'm sad <sighs> so i think one of my I have so many favorite parts because my favorite part of Fellowship, and I know it's no one's favorite part, but my favorite part is the Council of Elrond. But I feel like some of the best delivery happens in the (laughs) Hobbit scenes. Um, Like, I love Bilbo's speech. Right. Oh, my God. Yes. The crowd is Mm -hmm. a nightmare, but I love Bilbo's speech. Yes. 
he delivers that perfectly. It's so good. And I, I remember in the in the special features, it says something like, because he sort of slurred some of it that day and he just couldn't ADR it. He was like, you're just going to have to clean this up. Sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot recreate my performance from that night. I love this movie. So much. All right. So what is your favorite adaptation? Like a, be- a scene what? or a plot point that was adapted? The Council of Elrond. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I love it. They're all just so extra sitting in that stupid circle, staring at a pedestal that has this tiny ring on it. I will say they had to get a lot so of good. boring ass information out and they had to make it clear why Frodo needed to be the one to take the ring. And they had to make it clear why all these people would go with him. So And they did. Yeah, they had a lot to do with just sitting around and talking, which is always boring in a movie. Mm-hmm. And they did do and a pretty good job with it. as we revealed in our podcast, it's extra boring in the book. Yeah. It's two whole it chapters. Is, it was so much worse in the book. And even just with some of But also in the book, things didn't make sense. They just showed up. Oh, I had a dream and it took me here on time. No. At least this one, it was like, we've invited everyone. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've got all the politi- interested political parties. It was Makes interesting way more that sense. they shared. I mean, Boromir talked about his dream, but it wasn't like the "I came here because of this." It was just that's only in the extended. Mm. And he talks about his dream. There you go. He he does get up and give a little speech, but he, I don't think he mentions the dream in the theatrical. The Council of Elrond scene was like boom, boom, boom in the theatrical and yeah. over. I believe it. I that's mean, sad for them. My favorite adaptation moments are just all of the the lingering moments in the different places. Because Fellowship really takes us through, I mean, kind of three sort of main-ish places between the Shire and Rivendell and Moria. Mm-hmm. And each one has those moments where you just sort of have the characters get dwarfed by the expanse of the land around them. Mm-hmm. And I think it just, I mean the music happens and the scenes looking around the Shire. I I knew I was old when I started really being like, that would be a nice place to, to live. You're not old. As opposed to being like, <laughs> it's boring. It, everybody looks at a, at Bag End and thinks, yeah, one day that's where I'm going to retire. Yeah. Um, but all of them, I mean, you just have the classic pans over the scenery, music swells. And I think more than anything. <laughs> okay, but I don't mean your favorite scene. This could just be a plot thing, anything. Just what do you think was adapted very well? Or you could say, what do you think was adapted very poorly? Kate Blanchett. She was yeah. adapted well? She's <laughs> just perfect. She's perfect. No, I don't know. <laughs> the plot I'm point sorry. of Kate Blanchett. <laughs> okay. She was so, so good. To be fair, her character is a plot. I'm going to go through my extremely detailed notes because this seems like the best place to do it. All right, give it to us. Um... Sorry, I'm just going to throw everything at you. Don't fuck it up. Um, <laughs> the things I noticed as being, mostly as being different, or just things I noticed after having read it and read the ancillary stuff so recently, is that I love everything about Bilbo leaving, but the fact that Frodo wasn't in on it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hurt. When and he like, goes looking for him in the house. Aww. I so much like the relationship between them as being like, you know, mini prankster kind of thing like yeah you don't get so much of really their relationship 
except that because it's a movie, you don't necessarily need to see it. Like, you don't need to hear mm-hmm. about all the history that the two of them have together because they can act it in the way that they talk mm-hmm. to each other. And there's that line in Rivendell that Frodo gives to Bilbo where he sort of looks at him and he says, you know, off with you on one of your adventures. And that's, you know, what he wanted his whole childhood. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. And he looked at him with such affection. Mm-hmm. I, it was so yeah. good. You could feel their relationship in that line. That's Despite everything, like, everyone did such a good job of just capturing the relationships everyone had, even if it's not shown yeah. on the screen. Agreed. And I think part of that is because they had those relationships in real life. They were together. At least, yeah, the four hobbits For did. weeks. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Bilbo, um, there's that line where Bilbo's like, I wanted to go see the Lonely Mountain again. And I'm like, but you did go. <laughs> <laughs> but you went. That happened. You did the thing. I, I guess in the movie, they really wanted to emphasize how as soon as he gave up the ring, its power mm-hmm. was gone from him, and suddenly he was old. Yeah. These are totally things that make sense mm-hmm. to cut out and, like, simplify. But also, I'm like, Bilbo, you got to see them again. I wonder it's if they okay. would have cut it out if they had done the Hobbit movies first. Mm-hmm. Like, if they... Because, yeah. you know, in the, in the with just this movie, movie watchers didn't necessarily have that connection. Right. No one cared except for people who... Yeah. Read the Hobbit. So I, I wonder what choices they would have made differently if they. I mean, these movies probably would have been fucking terrible if the Hobbit movies had come out first. So let's not talk about it. Yeah, let's. Yeah, it's not. Um, no, my cool, my favorite moment was seeing when um, Gollum was being tortured in like the brief shot. They kind of pan over Minas Morgul, and for some reason I'd never really noticed before. Mm-hmm. But it really does look. Like Minas Tirith. Yeah, it's got the... It's got the thingy sticking out of the yep. side. I never noticed either. Right? Because so it's all black like, and green glowy and Exactly. Wonderful. And, and you're it, focusing on other things. I don't know if it's that I just didn't notice it in um, Return of the King, but... There's, right, this Return of the King? I mean, we don't really ever see um, it that much. We just, we see the army leaving it, and we see a bunch of we see it go whoosh. Right, exactly. I mean, that beautiful column. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> how else to describe column being what pretty. happened there. But yeah, they, they do a really, like, a pan over the whole thing, and it legitimately looks like Minas Tirith. And I'm like, oh my god, it's because they were mirror cities! You know, like, <laughs> I genuinely think Amazon could have done so much better than be like, yeah, we're going to do a Lord of the Rings mo- of series again. You know, like, we need more of that. But also, I am so fucking excited for that goddamn series. I hate I'm excited to have something to talk about on our podcast. Well, that too. But I'm, because we could see Minas Morgul, like, we could see it fall. We could see it back when it was, whatever the fuck it was before it was Minas mm-hmm. Morgul. <laughs> Minas Anor? Anor? I mean, what that was, was that definitely one? a thing, but I don't remember if it was. <laughs> I had a lot if of that. Lines. Was Minas Tirith or the other one? <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, so I'm just, I'm just so excited, but mm-hmm. also like, man, they could have done something written by a fucking what? Anyways, whatever. Moving on. Oh no! Wait. Hmm? Minas Anor was the first name for Minas Tirith. Okay. Whoops. So what's the other one? Maybe it's it was. I don't know. Minas- I can't just type what's the other one into Google. Okay, Minas. 
Morgul first name. <laughs> this is great podcast content right here. Minas Tirith Minas first Ethel. age. Oh, that's not oh fuck, I did know that because it's an Athelian. <laughs> <laughs> well, in or around Athelian. Anyways, we're, we're so qualified to do this podcast. <laughs> yep, we're good at this. Um, before I, mean, I forget, I had like six shots in this mule, so six. I think I'm doing okay, guys. Um, no, before I forget, my favorite scene to watch in the movie was where Sam talks about how Gandalf's fireworks need to be talked about. Okay, so that's not in the theatrical, so I didn't get this, and I'm so glad you <laughs> included this because I would have loved that so much. So, in the extended edition, he shares his verse about. Gandalf's fireworks, and it's great, and I was paying attention, and I would have never noticed this before, but Sam calls them silver showers, because they knew they <laughs> couldn't say golden showers. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, things that had to be updated. I can just imagine, like, Peter and Fran and Philippa sitting around writing the script and getting to that bit and be like, we can't do this. Right? Like, we, we can't have him say this. And then. Or did they start out as golden you know, showers and then he's like, no, 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 guys, we can't. You know, and I can just see them having a really good time with this and have one of them be like, maybe we could. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a fun day. Yep. I just got your note about Saruman here. When I first read it, I was like, what the fuck does she even mean? I don't understand. Yep. Totally a thing that they didn't need to do, but uh, Gandalf goes to see Saruman. He's just boring white and not even particularly glowing white, but he should have been a rainbow. I can see where if they Saruman's wanted- hot, <laughs> Saruman's a rainbow, it's all supposed to be gay and it's not. Okay, I do miss gay, uh, yeah, gay right. right Saruman, but I can understand why if they wanted to specifically make it so that Gandalf the White was like Saruman as he was supposed to be, they didn't want to mix up people with get with saruman the rainbow oh, yeah it, it would have been it, it, there was no point to having it but i noticed it. except it would have looked great would it have though maybe would it really do you no, think well, so well, it's no christopher lee it. he can pull off anything true he could have pulled off a trash bag i mean to be fair the costume department on these movies is amazing so i would have been curious to see what they could pull off i think anything i picture it looks fucking ridiculous and dumb and not threatening in any way have y'all seen the pictures going around of that white dress it's not a wedding dress but it could be and it has like rainbow on it and it's from no no bro no i have no idea what you're talking about okay okay but back to my original question yes favorite adaptation you know what i I said mine i didn't want to say this but i think emmy has convinced me that it is indeed the Council of Elrond, which is not my yes! favorite scene. <laughs> it is not my favorite scene at all, <laughs> but they did do just such a good job with getting the information out that they needed to get out and not making it boring as shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm gonna agree and say, yeah, the best adaptation was the Council of Elrond. And I love how they have like... A, I, okay, I love how they have Gimli try to destroy the ring with somebody else's axe so that his axe is still fine. <laughs> he grabs somebody else's. Hugo Weaving is just so iconic. Yeah. I mean, he's iconic in everything. Let's be clear, it's Hugo Weaving. But as Elrond, he was just so good. The disdain that just dripped off of him. 
Yeah. He's another guy who deserves the credit for multiple times over doing the role that could have been terrible. Yeah. But he made it great. I love that he basically went from like the Matrix to this and then back to the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) What was I going to say? So, yeah, it was just so good. And they got they just got everything out that they need to like you understood that the ring needed to be destroyed and you understood that they could not destroy it there and somebody had to take it to Mount Doom. And because they put such emphasis on the political tenseness, you understood why they couldn't just give it to somebody else. Right? Oh, the, the political tenseness and the fact that other people would be tempted to use and therefore be corrupted by the ring. And so, like, you understood why it had to be Frodo. Worst adaptation is, of course, the scene where Boromir picks up the fucking <laughs> ring. I'm never letting that go. It's terrible. He never... It never... It wouldn't... <laughs> why? He, he had, never would have let it go. He had it in his he hand. He would have died then. Aragorn had, would have had to kill him then. I hate that scene so much. We definitely already got that same tension of like, it appeals to him. It's growing on him. It's attracting him from the council of Elrond scene. So honestly, it was really just the ring and the snow shot that they wanted. That was it. Once I paid attention to it, I realized how much it was like, they really drove this home to a point where you're like, why did anyone let you along or ever trust you? I'm okay with it because a, in the book, I felt it, almost wasn't foreshadowed at all. Mm-hmm. So I was... I feel or, like a middle ground is good. Yeah. Somewhere between the two. Or like, I guess not foreshadowed, but it wasn't like character developed really in the mm-hmm. book until it needed to be. So I was okay yeah. with more of it. And I get where just then they'd had a scene with him, like they'd had a really nice scene with Bormir and Marion Pippin. And so they wanted to, you know, re-put into the audience that the ring was affecting him especially since he doesn't really say or do much in Moria. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they wanted that scene there, but I just think they did it poorly. And I love his line and his delivery of the, um, you know, so much fear and doubt over so small a thing, which, you know, is juxtaposed later by Galadriel saying that even the smallest person can change the course mm-hmm. of the future. And I love those two lines together. And, you know, it's really good. There's really good shit in that scene. But they could. I don't understand why they put the ring in his hand. Is he technically a ring bearer now? Does he get to go to Valinor? I don't even know. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, and at one point, I, I mean, I was paying attention to it because of you, and like he's holding it by the chain, but then he puts it in his actual hand, and like, mm. no, yeah, it's, I, it's just they've done, they do, and because they change, they completely change a character in two towers in order to drive home the threat of the ring and then in this scene they kind of are like trying to show that the ring is still a threat but also like well i guess it's not that big a threat if he can just give it up when there's a big point of bilbo being the only person knowingly who has willingly given it up mm-hmm. and even then had to be cajoled into yeah. doing it yeah so it just pisses me off so much i'm sorry to keep dwelling on this scene for literally since we started this fucking podcast i mean this is literally (laughs) what we're supposed to be dwelling on it for finally okay very quickly no talking about it no sorry no thinking about it obviously talking about it because this is a podcast what but like it is based on looks performance what everything what's your favorite scene in the movie entire thing um that moment Everything with Aragorn and Bree. Are you are you sure? Because I'm going to ask you what your favorite character introduction is, and maybe you want to say different things. Well, now you know. Now you're biasing her answer. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez, that was my first thought. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. 
I'm wrong. I just, I Breathe. just love it. Everything. I mean, between the moment when like the pipe smolders and and you see his eyes, and he whips off the hood later, and so good. And he puts out the candles with his fingertips. Yeah, that's good. That was badass to my ten year old self. That, let me that's just say, badass to my thirty three year old self. I genuinely don't know how to do that. I'm like. I, I look at I my fingers and I'm like, I know it won't hurt that much, but I can't, I can't. I you just got to commit. No, I can't commit. I know, you got to do it fast. I burn I my, that on my birthday candles. I burn myself too much to be able to commit to that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyways, my um, favorite scene is definitely Weathertop. It is so fucking good. See, really? I can't appreciate it anymore. Why not? I mean, I always thought it was dumb, but because it just... It's the epitome of the playing the rest of the hobbits for fools. Okay, so into- I'm sorry. Let me let me specify what I love about it. I love the music. I love okay. the race emerging from the blackness around them, encircling them with the sword. I love that. I love when Frodo puts on the ring and you hear them speaking in black speech. I love mm-hmm. the effects of them in in that like otherworldly ring okay. first thing. I love look of it and the music and the feel of it that's, that's why i love that scene so much oh you know what scene i love mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. no carry i on. love this the scene that we didn't get in the book which is aragorn resisting the ring and oh. telling frodo to go yeah that was i good. love that scene it's such a yeah, good scene that's so sweet it's good i'm glad it, i'm glad it was in the movie. we talked about this when we were talking about the book but i'm glad they had that that moment I feel like maybe though now that I've read the book, it's way more powerful that he resists. I like that. And I like that they gave him that sort of plot point that being worried about falling into the same trap as um, Mm -hmm. Isildur. Isildur did, yeah. Great, 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 great grandfather. Before (laughs) before we go on about all the other beautiful scenes, I mean, what was your favorite? I think I've said it six times now. The council is all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I just wanted to double check. I feel like I could come up with something else, but I just... I, I will say, one of the other things that I really, really love is the flight to the Ford. Mm-hmm. When you first see... Because up until then, you haven't seen all the riders together, and you just sort of see Arwen riding on the horse, and you see some of the race, and then when she sort of emerges from the trees, and all nine sort of mm-hmm. are in that semicircle behind her, it's so good. That's badass. And Actually, that's true. You know what? I like all of the Black Rider scenes, actually, now that I think about it. Because even when um, Mary is like, you know, Buckleberry Fairy, this is the way we gotta go. Like, yes. that yeah. tension was also epic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, it felt like, you know, these hobbits, who know nothing, have thwarted the Black Riders. Yeah. Which is just great. I also, um, back to the Arwen scene, which was my favorite scene probably until, like, last night watching this, I realized how much I liked Weathertop. Um, also just loved because they did so much of the filming on a real horse. Like they did a lot of her close-ups on like a rig, but you could just feel the the pounding of the horse's hooves and, mm-hmm. and the you could feel the tension in, in the race. And I loved it so much. Yeah. You could tell I mean, some of it's a stunt person, but you could tell some of it was very much her on a horse. Yeah. Like you could really feel it. It they didn't shy away from the face and everything and yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good. I love that scene, but I've always been troubled by how the distance that the rays are behind her changes from shot to shot. 
the c- continuity is not their strong suit. Oh, well. I was never wild about the end of that shot. I like the if you want him, come and claim him. Mm-hmm. But I don't love the rushing river being horses. I was like, that looks not great. But it is I that mean, in the book. Yeah, I always loved it. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just Gandalf being extra. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also love, uh, shoot. Uh, well, I love the Balrog. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did. For something that's so hard to do, they did a really good job. Yeah, and how he's kind of obscure and you can't really see his shape. And just Ian McKellen is yeah, fucking that, glorious. That whole scene, that scene is amazing. Yeah. You don't want to call I, it your favorite because you hate it, but they did it so well. It's so good. They did it so well. But also in the books, it's like the Balrog is disrupting a much more organized army than what we had in the movie. Yeah. Which I just forgot about. Oh, I had another thing. Oh, you know what? My worst scene. My least favorite is the stupidest scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's just after the fight to the Ford when Frodo has his like dream fever and they have like Elrond's face floating. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so very of its time. Yeah. All right. Unpopular opinion moment. Okay. Here's my hot take. I always thought that Lothlorien was super boring. That whole sequence and the the tint that they put over it i can't think of what that's called now the film the 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 white balance Mm -hmm. i just i don't like it Hmm. i love all of the actors in it i just don't like that sequence Uh, do you mean specifically the um galadriel in the after the mirror like in place of a dark lord you will have a queen moment no but that has always been like super cgi like wow that looks kind of lame because i feel Um, like I mean, I was thinking that she did a ridiculously good job with something that's impossible to film of, like, Galadriel looking into everyone. Yeah, when I they first meet. I just, mm-hmm. after everything that happens in Moria, I've always felt that Lorien was super boring. I do, I think, I think the filmmakers thought the same thing, because after Moria, the sort of proper filmmaking thing to do is rush towards your big end. Inst- mm-hmm. But instead they go and take a break, basically. Which is why... And not a short one. Yeah, which is why Lauren is cut down so much in the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. But also, Caitlin, you missed it. Mm-hmm. They don't have much to do with it, but they hang out in flats. I know. They do. I know. They can't. I do love the set, man. <laughs> they have them up in the trees, and I was like, it's a freaking flat. It is. Can I just say, though, they walked around a staircase to get up into the trees and not up a ladder? I know. Lame. But only only in the main city. They don't show how they get into the flat. But still, in, <laughs> just in the main there. city, I think it was a ladder they went yeah. up, wasn't it? It was a ladder. Yeah. Not here. Now they have badass, beautiful staircases. You know what it reminds me of? Okay, mm-hmm. I've just realized. You know what... Lorian reminds me of, and it's not Lorian's fault, but Fern Gully, <laughs> the last rainforest. That is what Lorian reminds me of. Interesting. Just without a bat. You know, watching watching the theatrical version, I I missed less of the scenes than I thought I would. But mm-hmm. one of the f- ones that I did miss was everybody getting their gifts. Mm-hmm. Which. Oh yeah, that's not in the theatrical version. No, you only see Frodo get his his little bit mm-hmm. of Elrond's dad. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that sounded like 
I don't no, know, like very Catholic. Like remember when they used to collect martyrs back in <laughs> whenever that was cool? You know, honestly, it's probably that same type of thing. Like if he walked into <laughs> a, some sort of elf dwelling, it was like, look, it's kind of a Silmaril light in a bottle. They'd be like, I need it. I need it. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually, it does reflect, you know, everything you see. Uh, not to get weird, but Chaucer, like, here's the person selling the fake, you know, Jesus relics. Except this relic's real? But it is. But no, when you, you missed but the extended scene with Aragorn singing about Baron and Luthien. Yes. Um, I didn't really miss that just, one, though. Like, there's a lot of scenes that I like as a fan. But as, like, appreciating the movie as a movie, I didn't miss much. I missed mm -hmm. the Green Dragon because that shows that Frodo and Marion Pippin had an actual fucking relationship before they run yeah. into each other in a cornfield. Yes. And genuinely, <laughs> I think they should have kept that in the movie. I actually liked the the opening in, in, in the Shire better in the theatrical mm -hmm. because it just opens right on Frodo and Gandalf. And I thought mm -hmm. that that was, that's just a, I thought that was a better choice than... Mm -hmm. Like, I like that extra stuff you get with Bilbo and talking about hobbits and seeing the Shire, but the the feeling of the Shire being this idyllic place, you get that anyways, mm -hmm. so you don't need it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you get... It's funny, because it's the same thing that got me in the first Hobbit movie, mm -hmm. which where you get... You got some of the background of Bilbo and Frodo before Frodo goes off. Yeah, but in the extended, it's like you you get too much extra. And it was yeah. good in the Hobbit, and not necessarily good in the um, this movie. But no, the point about Aragorn and Arwen and Lothian and Baron is that like I just immediately started chuckling, like, oh yeah, it's just Arwen looking like her great grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <gasps> I'm excited to read their bit in the appendices because you get like their whole meeting and everything. Mm -hmm. And I haven't read it since the first time I read the books. So I'm excited. Yeah. No, I, I like, I'm intrigued to compare. I kind of want you to now watch the two towers and return of the King in the short <laughs> version. Cause I've seen them short enough times on TV, but I feel like the scenes cut from those ones are more significant. And in Fellowship, you don't really lose all that much other than nice character moments. Yeah. But my favorite scenes are definitely in Two Towers and Return of the King. I meant to pull up my, like, scene listing in the extended edition that lists, like, what's been added and what's been changed so I could really specify what I missed. Mm -hmm. The only one that I can specifically think of is that Green Dragon one, and... But that that's for, like, specific character plot mm -hmm. stuff, and I genuinely think they should have kept it. Yeah. I'm like, the gift giving, I personally missed because I like it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Although also, why they should have at least kept that brief scene of them getting their cloaks because that's like a major plot point in the right, two towers. it becomes a point later. I don't know. I can't really think of anything else that I particularly was like, man, I missed this. Anyways, what's everybody's favorite character intro? Aragorn. Gandalf. It is really good, Gandalf's. And he's singing The Road I mean, Goes Ever really On. Good. And yeah, yeah, he's in the cart and that whole a wizard is never late. He arrives so precisely good. when he means to. And when he looks up from under his hat, like, man, 
Yeah. They knew exactly what they were doing. I love the moment where he and Frodo just look at each other and burst into laughter. Because that's so much. I mean, there's so much random laughter in these movies. But that's a good moment of these people staring each other down, trying to hold it as long as they can. Yeah. And uh, and like shortly after that, when they're riding along in the cart and you see all the, the little hobbits run up behind him. For the so asking for fireworks, and I remember being in the theater and being like, "He he's definitely going to set some up." You know, like I remember feeling exactly how Frodo looks at him there. Like, of course you're going to, mm-hmm. and it was just so good because he's he is that grumpy old man, but he's also that he loves cool the Shire uncle. and he loves hobbits and he loves their whole fun loving community. And it was a very good intro. Mm-hmm. I think I think that was probably my favorite too. Okay, unexpected favorite. Arwen's intro. I yeah, it's really good. Her putting that sword under Aragorn's throat and saying, "What's this? A ranger cut off, caught off his guard." <laughs> it's so good because it's that perfect amount of like tricksy, flirtatious delightfulness. I will forever be upset that they took her out of the two towers because I would have loved more of them being like that. Like, less of yeah. their drama Eternal love. and more yeah. of their teasing fun. Yeah. I'm still, like, I'm, I'm curious how they would have done it. I know. And Me like, too. They, Do I trust them but, to have executed it? Know, but I'm not sure. they filmed a lot of it, right? So I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm so curious about, like, like can we just have those scenes, please? Right? Just, I just, just want to see them. Show us. Tell us. Also, it's, I mean, it's total fan service. But I love... The scene, I think it's extended, but I'm not sure how much of it is. Mm-hmm. Where um, Boromir picks up the sword and is pricking it, and oh yeah, that's yeah, because it's not because in the books it's okay. just on Aragorn, right? Yeah. Oh, you and mean extended? Aragorn. Sorry, no, no, no. That's in the theatrical. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I think parts of that scene are extended, but yeah, and like, oh, you know, him and Aragorn yeah. having to pick up the sword and put it back. That's and- all in the theatrical. Him and and okay. Boromir sort of talking before. Okay. That's cut out of the theatrical. Them saying, "Hey, yeah," and looking so. at each other like, "Maybe we are the same, but maybe we are mm-hmm. rivals." Why are you touching yeah. my sword, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I should have watched the theatrical version to prepare for this. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know. No interesting difference between the books and the movies. Watching is how in the books, sort of Aragorn and Boromir are kind of instantly friends Mm -hmm. and they kind of split apart as it were. And then, and that hurts in the movies. They're kind of separate and drift together. And speaking of Howard is far more suspicious. Speaking of Howard fucking sure. Yes. (laughs) I tweeted this, but every damn time I think, I've seen this enough times. It's fine. I'm doing good. It's mm-hmm. a random day. I'm not going to get emotional about Boromir dying, which we haven't even gotten to in the books. Mm-hmm. And that music starts up. And so help me. <laughs> it gets me. <laughs> what, what what specific scene are you talking about? It's like, like right actually All when he starts getting shot. Oh, okay. Because one of the... Did they... I mean, obviously, I know they got a billion Oscars for Return of the King, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what they got for Fellowship. I don't remember for specifically sound editing. What because 
Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't remember what specifically Fellowship and Two Towers got, but the things that they did win were always like the technical stuff. And the, mm-hmm. and so the sound edit, uh, the editing, and like that type of stuff. I don't mm-hmm. remember off the top of my head specifically what it was. Yeah. But that, the editing of the, the kind of really the two key grief scenes after Gandalf dies and as Boromir's getting shot where like the external sound cuts out Mm -hmm. and it's just the score and it's used to such good effect that just it just gets me every time and I think I'm not gonna gonna feel those things and then I do (laughs) okay the winning categories were for best cinematography best visual effects best makeup and best original score that doesn't feel like enough. Right. It was also nominated but for guess... actor in a supporting role, art direction, director, film editing, original song, best picture, best sound. What the fuck did win, I wonder? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Huh. Best Look it up. sound. 2002 Academy Awards. <laughs> it's just listing a bunch of people and not telling me what movie it was. <laughs> okay, it was Chicago. Oh, fuck off. Oh, come on. 2002? Oh, wait, 2001 was where Fellowship was. Black Hawk Down, no, no, fuck no, you. No, to, like it came out in 2001, but it would have been the 2002 Academy Awards. No, okay, I'm looking at, I, I just clicked on the award list, and 2001 was Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, okay, then I don't know what And it what lost to Black Hawk Down. And other nominees in that year were Amelie, Moulin Rouge, and Pearl Harbor. I can't believe Fellowship wow, didn't win that. that's a depressing year. Right? I can't believe guess, Fellowship didn't win Best Sound Editing. That's fucking ridiculous. I mean, I know they win everything. Like, I feel like... I genuinely think their, like, sweep of awards for, for Return of the King was for the entire trilogy, which is why a lot, of, a lot of the awards they didn't win until Return of the King. Even though I think Fellowship was the movie that deserved the most awards. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That happens to a lot of series. Yeah, so I'm... In all awards. I genuinely feel okay with it, but... I do think fellow. Uh, I mean, I think Fellowship was the best of the trilogy, but mm-hmm. that's my personal yeah. opinion. Okay, so what is everybody's favorite line or line delivery in this movie? Because there's some there's some doozies in this movie. Can I raise my hand? Yes. Yes. Um. So I know. Um. One does not simply walk into Mordor mm-hmm. has become such a line. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch it, it reminds me it's very subtly delivered. Yeah, he's sort of, and it's, it's like a facepalm moment where he's like, what the fuck are these people thinking? <laughs> that's it. Um, I, I like to liken it to um, in Gladiator. There's a line that's like, on my signal, unleash hell. And it sounds really epic, but in the movie, it's d- delivered very subtly. Mm-hmm. But Boromir's best line, which is delivered very epically is they have a cave troll <laughs> yes see gosh i love that line this is hilarious we get so little of his sarcasm this is hilarious because my favorite line is also a boromir line and it's what is this new devilry <laughs> he's so good with that line when they're just like they just see the the fiery light of the balrog he's just like mm-hmm. what the fuck but he says what the fuck in the most tolkien way possible it's i, I love that line um okay so i mean i feel like i've got a few there are the ones that i remember most Mm -hmm. 
are probably when Bilbo says, um, I don't like half of you half as well as mm. I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve, mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, vice you versa. got that right. I'm super proud Did of I? you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of halves in there. Um, I just, like, man, I don't know. The whole birthday scene is just super cute. Especially since Gandalf is watching from the back, like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you about to do? I've forgotten the other lines I like. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Mm. I was going to say probably the lemna spread. When, <laughs> when Legolas is like, you can feel the stomach of a grown man. His, his lemna spread And then spread he's like, how many did you eat? And Pippin's sitting in the boat. He's like, oh, four. Whoops. It's an infomercial. This is humiliating. <laughs> I do love also... Um, We've had one, yes, but what about second breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> and then the apple comes yeah. flying. That whole bit. <laughs> so good. I wonder how many times they had to film that. Hitting <laughs> him in the head with an apple? Yep. It's that great that great difference between like the lines that are spoken truly well and the ones that live on. Because yeah. they're not always the same. Yeah. No. Right? But that's very true. Now how many of us can quote every meal hobbits have? <laughs> yeah. And it's a throwaway line. I just, I also just like that scene because it's one of those ones where you see Aragorn be like, right, this is what hobbits are. Yeah. <laughs> and how he's like, no, we have to push on, but here's a fucking apple. Mm-hmm. Well, so good. I love hobbits. Um, not a line, mm-hmm. but one thing I had a really good time noticing is that when they're on the mountain, Karathras, and like everyone's plowing through the snow, mm-hmm. uh, they actually show Legolas standing on top of it. Yeah, I do love that. Like again, haven't paid attention to Tiny that to detail. really notice it, but nope. The whole time they don't really have them turning back, and it's totally different. But they do make sure to have Legolas standing on the snow. I remember when I learned that elves walked on top of snow. Like, as if they don't have real weight, and it just blew my mind. So now I notice it every time. Do you have it's a favorite so line? But do they walk on water? Here's my question. Because <laughs> shouldn't they? Shouldn't elves be Jesus? I think we've talked about how Frodo is Jesus. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite line delivered uh, in Elvish? Gandalf is Jesus, obviously. Wait, sorry, what did you say? I said Gandalf is Jesus, obviously. Oh. Well, that he obviously. literally comes yes. back again. I guess that's fair. There and back. He's again? transformed into bright white. It's Transfiguration Sunday. <laughs> I'm just saying. I didn't go to to Sunday school for so many years to not realize that it's Gandalf who's Jesus. That's interesting because I've um, never I really thought of it that way, but. I don't know. I still feel like Frodo's the one who, like, sacrifices himself to save everyone, you know? He does, but also for one of our drunk episodes in the future, we should watch the VeggieTales parody, Lord of the Beans. Or Oh my god, what? Not. There's <laughs> yes. a VeggieTales parody and I didn't it's know about Veggie it? There's a VeggieTales parody of Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Beans. It features a Randolph. That is so good. Oh my god. I'm so excited right now. I am not excited at all. This sounds terrible. 
this is okay you got us drunk and had us try to give the history of the silmarillion after we make it through the whole thing we're gonna make you watch this while drunk (laughs) i've gone a lot of my life avoiding children's religious propaganda Okay, Veggie Tales is really good, though. But this is one good of, propaganda. Okay, yeah, one of their things, I didn't, it's like everyone who is a parent knew it, mm-hmm. but you didn't know as a kid, they literally parody um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> all right, all right. In one of them. I'll like, watch this Lord of the Beans bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You won't regret it, or you will, but you're going to have a lot of fun yeah. regretting it. <laughs> Okay, okay. Maybe that'll be our last drunk token. <laughs> it's gonna be our last drunk token. <laughs> Lord of oh, the Beans. No, no, no. It's not gonna, it, it'll be our last. We'll do it after the books, but let's not say it's gonna be our last because we no. want to keep podcasting. Oh, we're gonna keep going. Yeah, but okay. Yes, but okay. As I favorite line in Elvish. Favorite, Seven years ago, that was the question. Yes, favorite Elvish line from this movie. Tell me now, please. I suddenly can't remember a single thing that's ever said in Elvish. They say so many things, but Mm -hmm. really paying attention to it is that they really repeat Lastobethnin over and over again. It's like, hear my voice, River. Hear my voice, Frodo. Hear my voice, Horse. Hear my voice, (laughs) Horse. (laughs) She doesn't ever tell. (laughs) She doesn't ever say Lastobethnin as for (laughs) Lastobethnin. Isn't it Neuralim, Asphalaf? No, yeah, yeah, it's Neuralim, which means ride fast, Asphalaf. Not that I've seen it too many times. (laughs) I immediately knew the translation, so I don't think you're the one who needs to feel ashamed here. I mean, there's there's also some stuff, though. I feel like she might have said it while she was riding the horse fast. No, she says Neuralim again on the horse she says a couple different things at different times to the horse no i'm pretty sure she only says norlim until she's across the river it it might be so but anyway it's just non-stop variations on listening to me because she also says like back and forth to aragorn is like at least probably like the lasto part like as much as it just comes up, I love yeah. some of the like long conversations that they have in Elvish and how well that those were performed and acted and everything. I genuinely think my favorite is Havodad Legolas. Like, just sit down, <laughs> shut up, please. It's so good. It's good. Now I'm sad I can't remember anything. I'm sad we don't actually get any of the back and forth between Aragorn. And sort of Legolas and Haldir. Mm. And no one ends up getting blindfolded. Because, I mean, you know it's like the sassy elvish, but we don't actually get it. I'm kind of sad we never hear any Quenya. Yeah, and Frodo never gets to speak any elvish. Yeah. Not until, not until Return of the King, I think. He speaks some, he, he says some elvish to, like, activate his little bit of Elrond's dad. Mm-hmm. That doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, like he never speaks Elvish to any elves. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, if you're thinking about it, when he gets on that boat at the end, you might be wondering how he's gonna, <laughs> how he's gonna communicate if you don't know that he I can mean, speak. I mean, he has Bilbo and Gandalf. <laughs> That's right. Actually, Gadriel. they're going to Valinor. They speak Quenny over there, so he's fucked either way. Yeah. No, I'm sad because yeah. like Galadriel and Gandalf would know Quenya, so mm-hmm. they could speak it. I'll teach him. I'm just, I'm just sad I never got to hear it. And 
I hate, I don't know why I hate this so much. It makes zero difference to the plot. But when Galadriel and Aragorn say goodbye and she says, we'll never see each other again, which is true in the movies, but it's not true in the book. Like you see each other like <laughs> two more times, you know, you go to his wedding because he marries your granddaughter, mm-hmm. you know, like like a normal grandmother would. And then everybody gets together at the boat at the end. Those things just don't happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it was their attempt to be like, you know, all those moments that made us sad of Aragorn never stepped foot in Lothorian again before he died. And Yeah, I guess. Or they just wanted and, it to seem she, ominous, like one of them might die. Yeah. And in his gift giving, she, it, it's, there's like, she's like, there's nothing I can give you. And she names him LSR, but it's very, very brief. Yeah. And you don't know any of the history behind it. So I guess they were trying to get some of that, but... Yeah. The problem is, my favorite Elvish is actually in Return of the King, so all this Elvish, I'm just like, ugh, Mm -hmm. it's not as good. You're setting the groundwork for a previous previous episode? A later episode. Mm -hmm. Man. Well, I mean, I can tell you now, but it's cheating what my favorite extended scene is. Tell me. Uh, It's that scene with Boromir and Faramir. Oh, that's, yeah, in Two Towers? hmm Yeah. But that's, so, it's funny because I like Fellowship, and I like both, I like the Extended, too, but for a long time, in, like, the, the theatrical release, mm-hmm. Return of the King was my favorite. Interesting. But with that added scene, and all the other ones, too, Two Towers is my favorite. Hmm. Fellowship has always been my favorite of the movies. Mm-hmm. Two Towers is my favorite, too. Well, the extended editions of all of them. I have no memory of any of the theatrical releases, which maybe is a good thing. I really enjoyed the theatrical of Fellowship. I don't think I would enjoy the theatrical of of the other two as much because you miss so much. Yeah. Like missing all of Saruman's death in Mm -hmm. Return of the King. Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's still a mess, but yes. Yeah. Either way is a mess. I'm excited to read that again because... The scouring of the Shire and his actual death? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It will be interesting. Fellowship, I mean, I love Fellowship, but I think either way, it's just, it's such a great start to the adventure and it's a really good story. It just doesn't... I don't know if it's because it's such a good story that it doesn't stick with me as much. Mm, Maybe. I'm really excited to read The Two Towers again because mm-hmm. there's so many things that I like. Like, I remember that Aomer is at Helm's Deep in the book, but I don't remember how that fucking comes about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because I'm just so... Because I just remember the movie so much. I'm excited to get, actually, to the Frodo and Sam parts. Mm-hmm. Because it's... Frodo and Sam and Gollum. Yeah. Because, I mean, the last time I stopped reading was actually after Helm's Deep. Mm. Because then it switched back to Sam and Frodo, and I was like, well. I'm so sad that we're not going to have any Frodo and Aragorn scenes. I know. That's very tragic. Oh, oh, no, wait, that reminds me. Who in this movie did you think? Let's close it out with this, unless anybody has anything else to say. Does anybody have anything else to say about this movie? No. Great. Who do you think had the best on-screen chemistry? Who do you think just needed to make the fuck out? Those are two very different questions. 
Well, answer as you will. I mean, movie version. Movie, movie only. Don't, Sam. don't let the book uh, influence your opinions yeah. at all. They, they don't get into the real like societal Bullshit. structure, whatever. Yeah, of of Frodo <laughs> and Sam, and I think it's just like, you know, I made a promise, Mister Frodo. Don't you leave him, Samwise Genji. And I don't and mean I don't to. I, I don't mean oh. to. You know, I don't really feel it until that scene. And then I'm like, why are you just hugging? You should obviously <laughs> be kissing. I don't know. I honestly, I feel like Aragorn and Legolas interact more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are better in the movie than they do in the book. But I feel like the hatred between Legolas and Gimli... That's some, like, popcorn moments right there. Yep, yep, it's all good. That's the stuff popcorn was made for. I have a controversial I mean, that's, that's opinion. That's my original OTP, but... <laughs> so, my controversial opinion. Frodo and Gandalf. You're not wrong. How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> I feel like this is the original version of um, Brogue and Logan. Brogue? In that, like, in the movie, even though there's, like, that age difference and everything, and it's not in the comics, it just... Oh, Rogue. you there for it? You said... Rogue. Yeah, no, Rogue and Logan Rogue need and to Logan. make the fuck out in that movie. Oh, my God. But it's kind of like that, where you don't necessarily feel it in the comics, and in the greater scheme of things, it's like, ah, oh, but they really do have that, like, structure. Yeah. As a... I know we're talking about Lord of the Rings, but oh my god, I'm so upset that Logan and Rogue never made out. You don't understand. This is like a 20-year upsetness for me. Uh, I mean, I know I've talked about that with both of you and Christine before, but <laughs> yes. Anyways, we don't need to talk about the fan fictions we've read. I have read no Lord of the Rings fanfics. So if anybody has any recommendations, you should tweet them to us. Neither and I, but I've read a lot of Logan and Rogue. (laughs) (laughs) I've read a lot of the Hobbit fanfiction. Oh, that's I've read none of those either. But no, it really is. It's kind of structured like that. And then, you know, Gandalf's death is like set up to be specifically heartbreaking to Frodo. He's so sad at that scene. I haven't talked about it at all, but I fucking love Elijah Wood. And he is so (laughs) good as Frodo. Elijah Wood is my very, very first celebrity crush. So when he Mm -hmm. was cast as Frodo, I lost my fucking mind. Oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. This is a tangent that you may or may not have to cut. But I was... We were talking about X-Men a second ago. I think we're good. Okay. Um, (laughs) I got to reveal to a friend of mine that Elijah Wood had a cameo in Spy Kids 3D. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the greatest moment of my life getting to reveal that. I don't think I've ever seen Spy Kids 3D. I haven't either. I saw it in theaters. Oh my god, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the one with the shark boy? No. That's its own movie. Yeah, that's like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I mean, Lava Girl was in Spy Kids the whole time. Oh. I've never seen a single Spy Kids movie. I mean, they're they're a good time what? actually. They're, they're so a real good. good time. They were a little bit like they they came out when I was you know too old to watch that type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
too old but to watch that type of they thing. Were, sober. Yeah, they're one Let's of the things clear. that was also aimed for the parents going. So oh, okay, I, I oh they had so many jokes. I, anyway, I that you only that appreciate as an adult. Okay, good to know. It was great because the Spy Kids 3D came out after Lord of the Rings, so like I was old enough to get the humor of Elijah Wood having a bizarre cameo in this movie. Right. When George Clooney had a cameo in the first one, I died. <laughs> <laughs> he takes off the the identity bar. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Sometimes people like... That's not how it works. The sensor bar. God, what did I just call it? I don't even know. Identity bar. I, I've not <laughs> well, seen the movie, so I don't even know what you're talking about. There should be a gif of that somewhere on the internet. If anyone on the internet wants us to also make Caitlin watch Spy Kids along with You know, look, Lord if Elijah Wood is in something, I will watch it. You should, because it was don't make promises. the most ridiculous, unexpected cameo. But the first Spy Kids is legitimately amazing. Interesting, interesting. All right. Do we have anything else to say about Fellowship of the Ring or our drinks or I don't know, man. I'm now drinking a brown ale with vanilla. Have any of us seen the Tolkien movie? No. no. I, I specifically told someone that if I go to see it, it will be, co- be because of this podcast. I'm like, I'm of two minds about the whole thing because it doesn't look great, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really think I'll just be sitting in that theater thinking this is not how his life actually went. Like, I know too much about his life mm-hmm. that I'd just be like, this is wrong. Why are they doing this to me? They're making this way overly dramatic. You know? Yeah. Well, that's like every biopic in the history I, of the world, except, I don't know, maybe Anastasia's. <laughs> I know. <don't>, I mean- <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you referring to the Disney movie as a biopic? <laughs> no comment. Okay, placing that aside. Um, Oh, it's not even Disney shit. It's it's by Fox. Yeah, <laughs> I meant the animated I just movie. Say. Anyway, it's at fifty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, below Depe- Detective Pikachu. De- okay, look. Okay, I can't wait to see Detective I Pikachu. Saw, I'm so I excited. Saw Detective Pikachu. It's so good. It was. It's so good. It was. Per- it was exactly what I wanted. Like the it to plot be. is can so, fuck off. The plot it's is terrible. terrible. I loved every minute but, of like, it. I just want to okay. hug Psyduck so much. I can't. I the, can't even express how much I want to hug Psyduck. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was the first movie I ever saw in theaters because my parents took me. But the first movie that we ever chose to see in theaters was a Pokemon movie, and my mother physically almost died because it was such a bad movie. <laughs> and now I feel like I need to see Detective Pikachu in theaters with my mother so we can come full yes, circle. Yes, you absolutely you need do. To. Do it. I may have to drug her to get her through the door. Just, but just, <laughs> like, I'm not kidding when I say she has PTSD every time <laughs> Pokemon comes up. She is. It's so bad. Just tell her that, like, like Bill Nye's in it. Like, there's good actors in this movie. It's so great. Oh, it's so good. Oh my god, <laughs> you see so this good. like brief scene of the Squirtles helping firemen just like doing their best for this city. And I'm just like, oh. Oh, you squirtles, you go, you put that fire out. That's so cute. It's so cute. Like, put the plot, don't expect anything from the fucking plot. It's a mess. But if you're just there to appreciate the cute and the huggability of all these goddamn Pokemon. It is literally exactly what you expect. Yeah. It, there's so many times in the movie where I'm looking at the characters like, you could be hugging Pikachu right now. 
Why are you not petting him? What are you doing with your goddamn That's life? That's my main question. Why are they never petting Pikachu? Well, he looks so fuzzy. Because the main character has problems with Pokemon and his childhood and blah, blah, blah. And Pikachu tries to ride on his shoulder at one point. He's like, no, dude, you got to walk. And then later on, he's like, no, it's okay. You can ride up here. And it's good. Spoilers. I don't know, it's the big spoilers. I don't, this has been a spoiler podcast for a lot of things. At one point during our break, I was talking to Rachel about John Wick 3. I don't know. <laughs> I have never seen, I have never seen any of the John Wick movies because they kill a dog. Okay, so I... The end. I'm out. 100% I agree. I didn't watch them for a very long time because of that same thing. But literally the first movie is he kills a shit ton of people in revenge for the dog i know and it i know and it's good and, and but i i can't I also it. like because it it's it's alfie allen it's 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 um theon who mm. kills the dog in game of thrones and i love alfie allen so i was like yeah all right let's let's watch canu hunt down theon Greyjoy. <laughs> <laughs> all right should we sign off yeah absolutely what? Because there's a lot of stuff that you, you're going to have to cut before we sign <laughs> off. We can keep chatting, but we should probably do this part. Oh, no. Okay, so. Make it stop. If you have any opinions on this movie, you can tweet us at Tolkien, And you can email us at WantToReTolkien at gmail.com. Next week. Please tell us you love us. Uh, pat me and tell me I'm pretty. I, I don't need either of those <laughs> things. If you tell us... <laughs> you, you love us. I actually think it's a little, a little too intimate for my liking. <laughs> I drank basically an entire lovable. bottle of wine. Anyways, um, I mean, you could let us know if you like these drunk episodes. Because I don't, I don't even know. Are they gibberish? They're our best. <laughs> Stop talking. Oh my god, Caitlin. <laughs> are they? I do think they have <laughs> more know. numbers. I don't check any of our other, other than like our very first episode, which is probably a fucking mess. Um, it is. Anyways, okay. I haven't listened to it, but I can guarantee. <laughs> what was I saying? Next week, two towers. <laughs> that we're leaving. The first, whatever that chapter is, I don't have the book near me. The third book, chapter one. Yeah. It the one where Boromir week. dies. I'm in the Bahamas. I'm, oh, shit. That's going to be some fun scheduling. We might be taking a week off. <laughs> we'll We'll get back to people on that. Oh, and they sing about Boromir for like 50 goddamn pages. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see you all then. That sounds like a lot. I'm gonna go have some water. Goodbye. Good plan. Bye. Bye. So I guess we're not saying I've been any. Well, I thought about it, and I decided not to, okay? But I'm still recording, so maybe I'll put this in afterwards.